Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast this Sunday, February 6, 2022. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, we've come again before you that you may speak to us, that you may speak through us, that you may open our eyes and our hearts that we may receive that which you have provided, that yoke shall be broken, captives shall be freed, and those who are confused, their confusion shall be set aside and they will see that the only way in this earth is to embrace your son Jesus Christ, embrace his sacrifice on the cross, and take on the cross of Christ and move on on the road to eternal life. Father, I pray that you continue to bring this to your children. And for those who have already believed and known these truths, Lord, put it in their hearts, Lord, to stand up, to rise up, and take the message of the kingdom to the world. To open their hearts so that you may speak to their own hearts. So that you guide them. To do your perfect will in their lives. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us as we plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon this place and on wherever this broadcast is watched, podcast listening to today, tomorrow, anytime. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental taken from Brackele Brassi. May the Lord continue to bless him, his family. And his ministry. The Will of God series. Last Sunday we were on item 5. Your will be done. Today. We are on the 6th one. The early church did God's will. Again we plead with you. To go back if you have not been following this series. Which we started in this new year. To come along with us on this journey. Praise the Lord. Today's topic. The early church did God's will. The outline. The early church did God's will. Two, Philip the evangelist. Three, Paul the apostle. Item one. The early church did God's will. Scripture please. Acts chapter 4, verses 13 to 22. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them, that from now on they speak no more in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, 
Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Praise the Lord for his word. Verse 19, Peter and John answered to the Jewish Sanhedrin, the highest ruling council, the ones that could condemn them to death. They looked them boldly and said, Is it right to, in the sight of God to listen to you, religious hypocrites? I'm adding that word. More than to God? To listen to you, general vassiers and pastors who continue to promote this world instead of the kingdom? You judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. The only church listened to God and did his will. It was not afraid, unlike the 21st century church. We are cowards. If Peter, John, Paul stayed in our generation, <laughs> Christ would have come. Because they would have called out the world, both the political and the religious establishments. They would have shouted it from the rooftops, from everywhere, not minding the consequences. It was a church that was not afraid. No one could intimidate it. No threats, no imprisonment, no death. Scripture, please. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Praise the Lord. For both his word and for these men and women who stood firm for the gospel of Christ. Verses 29-30. Now, Lord, look on their threats. But that's when they left. They were not afraid. Instead, they went to their companions. And they started saying, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. That by stretching out your hand, God, to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of Jehovah, your holy servant Jesus. Please notice they didn't come back asking for money to read cathedrals or to go on one crusade or the other. No, they were praying to God to magnify his name so that only the Lord Jesus Christ shall be glorified, not human beings. 
They were not asking for money for their own use or money to take the gospel to other nations. Because they know that the power of God was manifested and demonstrated with draw men and women to, to the Lord. So it asked for boldness to preach the gospel. And he asked for God to manifest his power so that people may believe. Not so that people will believe them so that they can come and build cathedrals for them. Or give them money to fly their jets or buy their jets. Or live in five-star hotels. His prayer was not selfish. It was about the mission of God. It was about God. It was about the glory of God. It was about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not the gospel of human beings. For the human beings. Look at verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with what? Boldness. You see, God didn't have to wait because they were in his will. You see, he knew the mind of God. This church knew the mind of God. And God knew that they were faithful. And that they were following in words and deeds. They are Lord and Master. So God didn't have to wait. They didn't have to fast and pray for it. God sent his power immediately. God was, I mean, what else do you expect? Just when Stephen was being executed in chapter, Acts chapter 7, what happened? The Bible records that Stephen saw the Lord Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God. When you and I stand for the Lord Jesus Christ, heaven is, heaven rejoices. That is how it should be. When you and I are doing the will of God, nothing can by any means stop us. God will always be glorified. God will hear the prayers even before you have uttered them. And his power will always manifest through your life. Next scripture, please. Acts chapter 8, verses 1. And then again chapter 8, verse 4. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Praise the Lord. This Saul we are talking about his brother Paul eventually. It says on verse 4, On that day great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered through Judea and Samaria. Now let me make this point. Stephen died, as I mentioned in Acts chapter 7. For his absolute faith in God. He testified to the Jewish Sahedrin, the higher Jewish council. The ones he knew could send him to death. He was not afraid as he recounted what happened and why the Israelites had failed God. God could have rescued him. I mean, he could have sent Charles of fire to take him away. But no, God allowed Stephen's death for a purpose. He also allowed the persecutions that followed. Because the persecutions caused many believers in Jerusalem to leave and take the gospel to other parts of, to, of, of Israel, Judea, and then to Samaria and other parts of the Lord world. Remember the Lord had commanded them in Matthew chapter 28 to take the gospel to the whole world. But you see, they were very comfortable in Jerusalem despite the persecutions. Just as many of you are very comfortable in your churches, in those buildings you call churches and denominations where you are Holding one title or the other. You are so comfortable. But you are not in the will of God. 
Christ's command was for his disciples to take the gospel to every part of the world. Not to sit comfortably in air-conditioned buildings and be shouting praises every Sunday. So, God had to make the Jerusalem church's comfort zone uncomfortable. And that scattering caused those who left to take the gospel to other parts of the world, that because which was God's will and Christ's command. So those of you who come sitting in those air-conditioned churches, a time is coming when the glory of the Lord will scatter so that you can take the gospel to your neighbors in your neighborhoods and stop messing up God's word. We are not called to be flamboyantly dressed every Sunday. We are not called to be deceiving the world by doing everything the world is doing. We are called to preach the gospel and the gospel will always go through suffering. It's always going to go through privation. It's always going to go through... Anyway, that's okay. Philip the Evangelist. Let me continue. Let's I digress. Scripture, please. Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Praise the Lord. Philip was one of the seven. Don't confuse it with Philip the Apostle. This Philip was one of the seven who we are serving with Stephen. So when the persecution started, the Lord led him to Samaria. So you're going to see now what is happening. In verse 26, we just read, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, If Philip was not in God's will, he wasn't going to hear the voice of God. No, it's not possible. Go south of the road, the desert that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. If you go, please read the Acts chapter 8 again. Because I'm going to just pick a few scriptures there. Next scripture, please. Acts chapter 8, verse 27. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandik, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. So, God is sending him to meet an Ethiopian, a hierarchy official in Ethiopia. The next thing we know is, next scripture please. Verse 38, and he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Praise the Lord. The man was reading Isaiah about the suffering servant, but he didn't know what he was reading. So Philip took time and explained everything. And the man then said, what stops us from me getting baptized? Philip said, if you believe, you may. And he said, there's water here. Can you baptize me? There's not, not too much talk for those who serve God or who want to know God. It doesn't take too much preaching or talking. Verse eight, uh, next scripture, please. Acts chapter 8, verses 39 to 40. Go ahead. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Verse 40. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Praise the Lord. The whole point of this story is talking about Philip being in God's will. I just use an example of somebody in God's will. The persecution started, 
the Spirit directed him to go towards Samaria. In Samaria, he was able to preach, and from there, even Peter, Paul came, and the rest they say is this, but you need to read that. But the point I'm making here is simple. Verse 39. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. I like the translation of New Living Translation. He snatched him away. He didn't need to consult Philip. See, God knew Philip's heart. It was fully yielded to him. He did God's will. So God didn't have to say, Philip, are you willing to go to Azotus or somewhere else? No. He carried him off. That's why God was able to carry him without asking his permission because Philip has already yielded his own will to God. That's the point I'm trying to make. Those of us who call you keeping our wills and think we're doing... No, no, no. If you're a believer and your will is not handed over to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to be in very serious trouble. Many of us are suffering today because we still retain our will. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about obedience. Many of us have lost our way in ministry because we chose our way and not that of God. We usually assert our will. When first we're choosing what our spirit is quietly telling us and what our flesh is asking us to do. We are balancing alternatives rather than asking God, what will he have me do? You see, Philip's interaction with the Holy Spirit was the norm. It was normal. It was not an exception. The early church obeyed and followed God wherever God led them to, which was God's will, because the rest of us and apostles, you're going to see all of them scattered to different parts of the world, even the apostles, and preach the gospel. And all of them died, only minus John, the, the, the apostle. That's doing God's will. They were not balancing, well, if I go there, they may persecute me. If I go there, I might be imprisoned. No, they went wherever the Spirit led them. 21st century norm, that's our, what we do. It's opposite. We always assert our own will. We do our own thing. We run off to one city or the other and then expect God to come along with us uh, so that we, could, we cannot fast 100 days and force God to not do what we have determined to do. You didn't have to fast. If you did God's will, you don't have to fast. You will only fast when the Spirit says fast. Because you're in the right will of God, you can pray, and the prayer will be answered immediately. You didn't have to wait one million years for the prayer to be answered. We are always shouting for a revival. You know, when I repented in the 80s, it was always shout, revival will come, revival will come. It's a lie. A revival starts in your heart and my heart. God is not going to come from heaven and turn our hearts. If we are not ready to face, yield ourselves those who have believed. If you and I who have believed, revive our hearts and begin to really proclaim the gospel. Begin to stand on the truth of the gospel. Begin to stand on the power of the gospel. Revival will happen in your own neighborhood, in your family. We forget that the power of God only flows through obedient hearts. It doesn't go through disobedient hearts, contrary to whatever they tell you. When somebody has fallen from the faith, be he a general or a pastor, or a prophet, or a bishop, I don't care. And he does miracles. God is not using him or her. That, that, that miracle is fake. Or the courts are giving him or her powers. Or he has hypnotized his audience. It's a lie. If somebody is not obedient to God, 
and doing God's will, and that person performs a miracle, that miracle is not from God. Most of us are willing to study and meditate on God's word. We are too busy. We are too busy. We don't want to learn. Many of us are not interested in listening to spirit-filled messages. They are not interested in broadcasts like this. It's too long. We like messages that are distant, you know. Hey, praises God, we bless you today. This week everything is going to go great. Go on, just pay your tithe, bring your offerings. And God will bless you. That's the type of message you want to hear. Too bad. Those messages lead to eternal death. The messages like this are spirit-filled. They come from the throne of heaven. And they are for your own good and for my own good. Because I bring in them, I'm also learning from them. Because I set out on first principles when I want to take a topic. And ask the Lord to guide me. And I learn from it too. So spend time and listen. Take your Bibles. And God will speak to you and confirm his words. But don't stop there. You can't say, okay, I like it. No. Take the message and speak to your friends and family. They will ostracize you, I can assure you. But some will believe and will have saved the soul. Take the messages. These are the messages for these times. God needs this ministry for a purpose. Next item, please. Paul the Apostle. Scripture, please. Acts chapter 11, verses 27 to 30. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. The one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Praise the Lord. Verse 28, then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. You know why we brought up this scripture? We want to establish Agabus' credentials because we're going to see him play a part now in the life of Paul. Agabus was a true prophet of God. That's, he said something by the Spirit of God, and it happened. Agabus did not prophesy what he thought, as many of your so-called prophets in Africa, I tell you, they prophesy something, and when it doesn't happen, they tell you God changes mind, more or less. That's the interpretation. But they won't say so. They say, Well, something happened. It's a lie. When somebody speaks something and it doesn't happen, that person is a false prophet. A gamble's prophesied what the Spirit showed him, and it did happen. That's why he's a true prophet of God, or he was a true prophet of God. Next scripture, please. Acts chapter 21, verses 8 to 15. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place 
pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, The will of the Lord be done. And after those days, we packed and went up to Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. We have established Agabus' credentials. So Paul knows him as a true prophet. The disciples him as a true prophet. But here now in verse 10, he has come down from Judea into Caesarea, where Philip the Evangelist, same one we mentioned before, from Samaria he went on to Caesarea. Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owes his belt and deliver him to the hands of the Gentiles. Now, had it been us, if we are in Paul's position, we would have concluded that God didn't want us to go into that dangerous situation. Yes, God is revealing through this great prophet of his that we are going, if we ever go to Jerusalem, we are going to be bound. That would have been conclusion that we shouldn't go, period. So, that is what we would have concluded. And even his companions started pleading with him, don't go. But you see, those who are following Paul, because everybody has his own understanding and God speaks through each individual. God, Paul knew God's mind. The disciples following wouldn't know because they will only know what God has for them in store, not for another person. I want you to know that. Paul knew what no one else knew. It was God's will for him to go to Jerusalem. He was ready to die for the gospel of Christ, and he said so. One or two things will happen when he goes. He knows he's going to be arrested, and God could deliver him. After he had delivered him before in the Philippian jail with Silas, remember? Or he could be arrested and killed, and he said it doesn't matter, he'll go home to be with the Lord. What's the, big, what's the problem? He wasn't afraid. Whichever outcome was good for him. God is able to deliver him if he chooses. And if God decides not to, then it's his perfect will for him, Paul, to be recalled home to be with Christ. Here, brother Paul, verse 13, Paul said, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Paul's reply is a demonstration of true biblical faith. Faith is not about naming and claiming. Those who teach that I've said before from, are speaking from, the, from what the pits of hell have told them to speak. Absolute faith in God is true biblical faith. Absolute trust in God makes those who have it not to be afraid. Contrast this demonstration of biblical faith, which is for the things above, with unbiblical faith, which desires riches and material things, which is what you all had in your churches today. Next scripture, please. Acts chapter 23, verses 10 and 11. Now when there arose a great dissension, the commander, fearing lest Paul might be pulled to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the barracks. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Praise the Lord. Paul goes to Jerusalem and is arrested as... Professor by Egebos. I'm sure some might have said, serves you right, you should have believed that this true prophet, but you, you decided not to take his warnings. So now it's your fault. But God knew better. 
and the Lord honored Paul's faith with his presence. He didn't waste time. Verse 11, the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, my true servant. As you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also do what? Bear witness for me at Rome, which was the seat of the Roman Empire, and more or less the world at the time. You must go to the highest level and testify of me. Thank you, Jesus. Next scripture, please. Acts chapter 22, verses 12 to 21. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up at him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will and see the just one, and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then he said to me, Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Praise the Lord. After his arrest, he was allowed to speak to the Jews. And that narration is more like a flashback from the time of his repentance, his ministry up to then, and at that moment of his arrest. But they were not willing to hear. So what do we learn from that narration? I won't repeat for because of time. God had determined the path that an obedient Paul would follow in the same manner he has determined the paths for obedient to you and obedient to me. From the time of our repentance, God had determined the path I will follow, the path you will follow. If we're obedient and follow that path, we will, we will, we will inherit eternal life. But if we are disobedient in following our own path, it could lead to destruction unless we turn at some point and go back to, to where it all started better. Paul followed that path and never wavered. Because at the time Ananias was baptizing, he already told him that he's going to carry out God's will. And he's going to do things. He's going to suffer for the sake of the gospel. Paul followed that path. He never wavered. That's why he had a successful ministry. Many believers are in the wilderness. Many of you hearing me could be in the wilderness also. Because you left God's ordained path for you. If you leave God's ordained path, you're going to have difficulties. You're going to run around, 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 around. Those who are in the wilderness need to ask God what He will have them to do. When we hear His voice, we'll be able to obey. Yet He had already revealed His will to them, but they have refused to go along. Please always remember your part, you're listening to me. Is different from mine. 
and from those of others of your fellow brothers and sisters. Your part is unique to you. Very unique. Just like the DNA is unique. Your part in Christ is unique. I encourage you to tune in next Sunday. Because that broadcast will be for those who have been trying to find their way back to the path where God had intended for them. We're going to try and show you how you will come back. Because you've been dancing around and around and lost the joy of your salvation. And those who have not repented, you have had a knock on your door, on the heart, on your door of your heart many years ago. And you have refused to repent. That's why there's so many problems. God is trying to get your attention. But when he gets your attention, even in the midst of persecutions, no matter what it is, you'll be rejoicing. So next Sunday, we're going to show you how you can get back to that part that God had determined was the best for you at the time of your repentance. We're going to sing a song because only God that leads us along. If God is not leading us, we are not on the path. God leads us along. That's the title for today of the song. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the waters are cool, he bets the world's weary feet. God leads his dear children along. For some, through the waters. For others, through the flood, because our paths are different. Some, through the fire. But all through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some, through great sorrow. But God gives a song, even in your soul. In the night, and all the day long, God takes us all along, if we're obedient. Sometimes on the mount, where the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along. Sometimes in the valley, in the darkest of night, when it's so gloomy, God leads his dear children along. No matter the circumstances, God is with you and I, if you're obedient. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood of Jesus. Some will go through great sorrow, but those God will give them a song. In the night season and all day long, whatever is night or day, God gives them a song. Through sorrows, those sorrows befall us, sorry. And Satan opposes. God listens their children along. Through grace we can conquer. Only through grace. Not through the law. We can defeat our foes because God is leading his dear children along. Some will go through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire. But everyone is going through the blood of Jesus. Some through grace or more, God gives a song. Whether in the night season or all day long, God gives a song to his children. Away from the mire and away from the clay. God listens to your children along. And we're up in glory till eternity's day. God, this is dear children alone. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray.
our Heavenly Father. Thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to hear your voice, to minister your word, and to speak to all, O God. And for those who have received, Lord, for the hearts that you have broken today and brought into the saving knowledge of Christ. And for those who have known you, Lord, that will be re-energized with this message, O Lord. Guide every home, Lord. May your counter shine upon all who have had this message today. Bless their homes, Lord. Preserve them from everyone. But above all, give them the spirit of boldness to declare the full gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give them the discernment to know the truth, to be able to separate truth from lies, and give them the courage to minister sin to their peers and to their families. We bless you, Lord, for this opportunity to minister your word, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Praise the Lord. We'll see you next Sunday by God's grace.